we still believe in a God who works signs and wonders. Yes? Amen? He still does miracles. He still answers prayer. He still hears us when we cry. Do you believe that today? Amen? Hallelujah. We're going to talk about that in just a few moments as we get into the Word of God. But I want to welcome you uh, to the Mission Church this morning. If you're new to our church, you are especially welcome. My name's Greg Johnson. I serve here as lead pastor, and uh, we're blessed to have you with us today. Blessed to have those of you joining us by uh, Mission Church online. God bless you. It's great to have you with us as well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, turn around and greet somebody, and then you can go ahead and be seated. Welcome somebody to the house of God today. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, you can take your Bibles and uh, take your seats and go to the book of Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, as you know, we have been uh, doing a series from the book of Acts and um, uh, Acts chapter 12. We were there last week in Acts chapter 12 when I talked from the subject prison break and uh, we looked at this miraculous deliverance of Peter from prison, from the perspective of Peter, from the perspective uh, of, of the inside, from the inside of the prison. This week, today, is part two, prison break part two. And uh, I want to look at this miraculous deliverance, this miracle from God, from another perspective. Uh, you'll remember last week as we re read through the scriptures how King Herod um, launched a campaign of persecution against the church. And uh, he seized James, it says there in verse 2 of Acts 12, and uh, killed him with a sword, which means he beheaded James. And then he arrested Peter and put Peter in prison with the intention of also killing Peter at the end of Passover. But verse 5 says this, that Peter was was in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for Peter by the church. Everybody say constant prayer. And because of constant prayer for Peter, you'll know because we talked about this last week, Peter was miraculously delivered from the prison. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about constant prayer something that I think we all need to be reminded about. And as I was you know, re getting ready for this morning and praying through this week, just what the Lord was laying on my heart, I really felt this burden to remind the church that He is a God that hears our prayer, and He is a God that answers our prayers. Because I wonder if some of us have forgotten about prayer. I wonder if some of us have maybe lost this discipline of getting back to the prayer closet on a regular basis. Constant prayer was offered for Peter, and Peter was delivered from prison. So that, I want to talk about the power of constant prayer. Because listen, the only reason that Peter was released was because of prayer. Are you getting that? If there was no prayer, then Peter would have not been delivered from prison. The angel came to Peter in prison because of prayer. 
The chains came off of Peter in prison because of prayer. The gates were open for Peter to make his exit because of prayer. I don't know if in your life you know of someone who is in a prison who needs to be released. Someone who is in bondage, someone whose mind has been deceived, a prodigal, maybe a prodigal son or daughter or relative or friend or co-worker who needs to be released from prison. But I want to remind you that we serve a God who still releases people from prison. I don't know what needs to be unlocked in your life, what you're believing God to do, some, some need you have, something that is bound up in your life, something that needs to be released from the hand of God in your life. But I want to remind you that we serve a God, hallelujah, who still answers prayer. And He still does what we sung about, signs and wonders. Do we believe that? Come on, it's got to be more than just a nice song that we sing on Sunday morning. At some point, we have to activate our faith. We've got to activate our faith. We've got to be deliberate and intentional about saying, God, I'm going to believe that you're going to do this in my life. That you're a God who hears prayer and answers prayer. That's what I believe the Lord wanted us to be reminded of today. Amen? Constant prayer was offered for Peter, and Peter was released from prison. Because listen, something happens when we pray that does not happen when we don't pray. Do you believe that? You can't always see things changing. You can't hear, you know, what God's doing. You can't always feel what God's doing. But we believe. This is where faith comes in. Faith's not about what we see, hear, or feel, right? Faith is knowing. It's just knowing that heaven is going into motion on our behalf because we pray. Amen. Amen. James says, you have not. Why? Because you ask not. God wants us to get back to asking, to seeking, to knocking. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus told his disciples to pray. It's interesting that Jesus, you know, the apostles apostles would go out and preach, but Jesus never taught them how to preach. He only taught them how to pray. (laughs) Did you ever notice that? He taught them how to pray. And he said this in, Mark, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He, he said, pray in this manner. Now look at this. He said, pray in this manner. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Look at this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Now there's something that we need to understand about praying and, and how to pray. Right? He said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, Jesus was teaching his disciples that we can see the will of God established on earth, right? When we pray, Lord, let your will be done as it is in heaven. What that means is this, that God has established his will in heaven, but he only does that will on earth when we pray. I want you to see that. God wills, but then he waits. You hear what I'm saying? He wills, and then he waits. Waits for what? He waits for someone on earth who has authority in Christ and who has faith to say, Lord, let your will be done on earth. 
Now, some will say, well, if God wants something to happen, it's just going to happen. If, if, if He wills it to happen, you know, it just, it, he'll, he'll just do it. But that's not always true. When Jesus told His disciples to pray, let your will be done on earth, He basically was implying that God's will does not automatically happen. That God does His will in response to our prayer. That means that there could be some things that God has willed for your life that have not been achieved in your life because of what? Lack of prayer. That may mean that there may be some people in your life, some, some Peters in prison that God wants to release, that He has willed for their release, but they have not been released. Why? Because we have not prayed, Lord, let Your will in heaven be done here on earth. God does not automatically do His will. He does His will in response to our prayers. John Wesley said it like this, God does nothing on earth except in answer to believing prayer. Now here's a man, John Wesley, perhaps one of the, the greatest evangelists, you know, revivalists in recent church history. He started the Methodist movement. He established universities, hospitals, schools, missions programs around the world. But he said none of this stuff that he did, that John Wesley did here, none of it would have happened without prayer. Was it God's will to start missions? Yes. Was it God's will to have hospitals? Yes. Was it God's will to have schools and universities? Yes. But John Wesley says none of it happened. God's will did not happen until somebody on earth prayed. Amen. Now what about in our lives? Is it God's will to heal, to, to provide, to save people who are lost? Yes, it is God's will. He wills, but then He waits. For what? For prayer on earth. Is it God's will to heal? Yes, He is Jehovah Rapha. But does God just automatically heal everybody? No. James says, if any are sick among you, let them call upon the elders who will do what? Anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith shall save them, shall, shall heal them. We believe that God heals, but God also wants us to pray. Is it God's will to save lost people? Hello? Yes? Is it, yes, it's God's will. to. He's not. The Bible says He is not willing that any should perish, but that how many? All should come to repentance. But yet we see many are not saved. Many have not come to repentance. Why? Because it is prayer that activates the work of God in the lives of the people that He has willed to save. He has willed them to be saved, but then He waits. Right? That's why the Apostle Paul said that one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. God has called us to be co-laborers with Christ. God doesn't just work independent of us. We are the body of Christ on the earth. Amen? How many understand that? We are the viceroys of the kingdom of God. We have been given authority. Do you understand? We have been given authority. Whatsoever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on it shall be loosed in heaven. We have been given authority in the kingdom of God. And so God wills things in heaven, but He waits for His body on earth to say, Lord, let Your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. So it was obviously God's will to free Peter, but it was the prayers of the church that established God's will on earth. So let's pick up the story after Peter is miraculously delivered from prison. Verse 12, okay, we know that he's been delivered. And after he's out of the prison now, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. I want you to see the irony here. Peter is out of prison. The miracle has been performed, okay? He's delivered. He's, out, he's standing there at the door. He's out of prison. But here's the church still praying for him to be delivered, okay? Get the irony there, all right? Now, for all they knew, for, for all they could see, Peter was still in prison. They're still praying because they, they didn't know that an angel had been sent. They didn't know that chains had fallen off. They didn't know that doors had opened. They didn't know how God was working. For, from their limited perspective, all they could see was that Peter was in prison. That's all they knew. From their perspective, nothing had changed, right? How many get that? Amen? Right? Constant prayer. Now, this is what prayer does. Prayer, constant prayer, is what we do when we don't know what God is doing. We don't know how God is working. It may seem, whatever you're praying for, whatever your Peter in prison is, from your perspective, it may seem like Peter is still in praying, is still in prison. But you know what? We keep praying. Everybody say constant prayer. It may seem like nothing is changing in that situation, but we keep praying. Constant prayer. Right? We don't know what God's doing. We don't know how His will is going to be manifest to deliver or set someone free or defeat the enemy or open the, 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 the doors or release it. We don't know that, but our, our job is not to know and to understand all that God is doing. Our job is to simply pray, to intercede, right? So we stand in the gap, we exercise our faith, we exercise our authority, and we say, Father in heaven, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, right? Amen? Amen? And you know, listen, sometimes, sometimes it gets weary when you're praying. Have you ever noticed that? Or is that just me? Right? Sometimes it gets weary, and, and sometimes it gets tiring, and sometimes it can be discouraging, and th those are the times when we just have to push. Can you just say push? You know, the, you know the acronym, push, pray until something happens, right? Push. We just need to push. Can you say push? We just got to push. Listen, I, I'm concerned that, that we have become a church that has forgotten how to push. That we pray, you know, one and done. We pray and then we just forget and we move on. But there are, there are miracles that God wants to release. There are mountains that God wants to move. There are incredible things that God wants to do, but it requires constant prayer from the church. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep push through what? Push through your own discouragement. Push through your own doubt. Push through your own fatigue. Push through your own boredom, your tiredness. The lack of emotion, the lack of feeling, the lack of passion. Listen, sometimes prayer is dry. Sometimes prayer seems flat and cold. Sometimes it seems rote, like nothing's happening. Hello? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But that's when we push. 
right? That's what, when they were praying for Peter, they had no idea what God was doing down the street, around the corner, on the other side. They had no idea that Peter was even standing at the door, but they kept pushing. I bet some were tired. I bet some felt cold. I bet some the prayer felt flat, but they just kept pushing. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know what you're praying. You might be You might be hoping for, praying for, believing God for a prodigal son or daughter to be released from a prison cell, a figurative prison cell, a prison cell of of delusion and deception and, and pursuing things that are just not God's will, right? You might be believing God to release something in the financial realm or something in your marriage or a new job or some other breakthrough. Listen, don't get discouraged because it doesn't seem like things are changing. Because what you don't know, what you can't see, is how God is moving in unseen realms. You can't see the angels that God has dispatched. You don't know about the chains that are, that are breaking and coming off. You don't know about the iron gates. See, a lot of times there's a process involved. And as you're praying, God is, is bit by bit, he's moving the process, right? Sometimes the angel's got to come first, and then the chain's got to come off. And then, you know, Peter's got to get kicked in the side and pulled up. And then he's got to move down the hallway, and then some gates got to open. And then he's got to get outside, and then he's got to find himself on a street corner. And then he's got to realize, you know what God is there's a process involved so don't stop praying before the process has been complete we've got to keep pushing come on everybody say push but too often we give up we get tired we pull back we say well I guess it's just not God's will because if God wanted it done it would be done well tell that to the tell that to the friends who took their sick man to Jesus they couldn't get him in the house because of too many people what did they do did they give up did they say well you know Jesus knows we're out here he's omniscient he, if he wanted our friend to be healed you know he'd call for him to come in and he'd heal him that's not what they did you know what they did they drugged the guy up on the roof And they started peeling the tiles away on the roof. And they made a hole. And they let the guy down through the roof. Hallelujah. I mean, that that is resilient faith. That is tenacious faith. That is persistent faith. That is believing that there is a God that I serve who still works miracles. And I'm not giving up. And I'm not letting go. And I'm not drawing back. And I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. It just may be you're in the process where, where maybe the angel's there and the chains have fallen off, but the iron gates haven't opened yet. you got to keep praying, right? you got to keep praying. Pray him through the iron gates. Pray him out of the prison. Pray. you just got to Constant prayer was offered, and that's how P- Peter got out. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter two, 12, verse 13. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda. Everybody say Rhoda. Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. She got so excited, right? They're all praying for Peter to get released from prison. She hears a knock on the door, right? She, she doesn't open the door, but she can hear Peter on the outside saying, let me in, let me in, right? And she recognized Peter's, you know, raspy, blue-collar, fisherman voice. She recognized that very distinct, I never heard his voice, but I'm just guessing, you know. <laughs> right? And so she ran into the prayer meeting. They're all praying there. She ran in, and she announced, everybody, everybody, Peter, Peter is here. He's at the door, right? But here's what they said to her, verse 15. They said, you are crazy, 
You are nuts. You're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door, finally they heard this knocking. So somebody went out. They opened the door and saw him. They were what? Astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Now when I read this this account, I see a powerful analogy that, in my mind, portrays three elements to prayer. First, there's the act of prayer, which is depicted by those in the house who are actually praying. Then there is the answer to prayer, which is depicted by Peter standing at the door. And then there is the essential element of faith in prayer, which is depicted by this little servant girl named Rhoda. Now, we are like those people in the house praying. And you might be there, and you're praying for a healing, or you're praying for a breakthrough, or you're praying for you know, God to make a way in some situation, or for you know, a, a Peter to be released. You're praying for your, your Peter in prison, whatever it is, for that answer, for that breakthrough to be released. But unfortunately, our prayers are often undermined by doubt. How many are familiar with doubt? Anybody here? Okay, sure. We're praying for Peter. Here's what happens. We're praying for Peter. Our mouths are saying all the right words, but in our hearts, we're thinking about James. Let me say that again. We're praying for Peter, but we're remembering James. Verse 2 says that Herod arrested James, and what did he do? He killed him. And each time we are asking God to do that miracle, to bring Peter out of prison, there's this echo of doubt that reverberates in our spirit. What about James? Yeah, you're praying for Peter, but what? God didn't deliver. You prayed for James. God didn't save him. What about Stephen? Remember Stephen? How many, how, many, how many know how that works in our minds, right? We're praying one thing, but our mind is going in a totally different direction. Anybody else know? Or am I the only unsanctified one here? Okay, right? We're praying one thing, but our mind is going in a totally different direction, right? What about James? Oh, and what about Stephen? When you witnessed that horrible murder of Stephen by stoning, right? You prayed for him. God didn't save him. Why? If God did, if you prayed for James... And, God didn't, and you prayed for Stephen, and God didn't save. Why should God answer your prayer when it comes to Peter? Praying for Peter, but remembering James. But thank God for Rhoda. Now, Rhoda, this little servant girl, I don't know, eight years, ten years old, who knows. Rhoda comes to us in our praying and reminds us, Peter is at the door. See, Rhoda is that still small voice of faith, that mustard seed of faith, the Holy Spirit in us that is calling to us in our prayer, reminding us, telling us God is able. God is faithful. God can do it. He is the God who calls those things that do not exist as though they do. He is the God 
who causes all things to work together. Thank God for Rhoda. Now, it might just be a little mustard seed of faith, but I believe that God puts that in us to help us in our time of prayer. Listen, there will always be a tension between what exists in your reality here on earth and what faith, what Rhoda is reporting. What the will of God is for your situation. That's what Rhoda does. Rhoda, faith, reports to us what the will of God is for our situation. Whatever we're praying for, Rhoda, the Word of God, the will of God, faith is reminding us that God said this about our situation, right? And we see this tension between our reality and the will of God being reported to us in faith. We see that tension played out in John Mark's mother's house. The church is gathered in prayer. They didn't believe Rhoda when she came. Faith was there saying God is able. God has done it, in fact. Amen. That's good faith, isn't it? God has done I don't see it, but I'm believing God has done it. Right? My brother's not saved, but I believe he's going. I believe God is. The chains are falling off right now, right? My daughter's in rebellion, right? But I believe that, that, that the, the prison doors are opening, right? Amen? My coworker, my, my family, my parents, my boss, right? The chains are still on them, but I believe. Hallelujah. That God is not willing that any should perish, right? That's Rhoda saying to you, Peter's at the door. God will do it, right? But they didn't believe Rhoda because they were in the habit of doubt. It was easier for them to believe that Peter was dead than to believe that God was working. That's why when Rhoda said Peter is here, they said it was his angel. Because in ancient Judaism, they believed in guardian angels. And that Peter's angel was no longer guarding him because he was dead. So Peter's angel showed up at the prayer meeting. That's what they, were, that's what they believed. It's kind of superstitious, right? They had more faith in Herod than they had in God. You hear what I'm saying? They had more faith in Herod's ability to kill Peter than in God's ability to deliver Peter. Amen. But Rhoda was there saying, God, God is able. Hallelujah. This is what faith, listen, this is what faith looks like. Faith is is not what happens when the answer comes, when the healing comes, when the deliverance comes. Faith is what happens when there is no healing and there is no deliverance and there is no answer. When physically you can't feel it, you can't see it, you can't hear it, right? There's no evidence. Everybody say no evidence. There is absolutely no evidence that God... You're praying for Uncle Uncle Bill to get delivered from a spirit of alcoholism and Uncle Bill just gets worse. Have you ever noticed that? Right? Because you know what happens? As you're praying for Uncle Bill, the enemy sees that your prayers are effective. And what does he do? He starts working against it. Amen. Right? So listen, when you're praying for somebody and that somebody just gets worse, that's a good sign. It's a good sign. Right? It's just showing that the enemy is, your, your prayers are a threat to the enemy and he's just trying to put more shackles on them. Hallelujah. But Herod is not stronger than God. Herod is not more powerful than God. We don't fear Herod because we know that God is able. Amen? So stop looking at Herod. Stop looking at how powerful Herod is and what all Herod can do. And start believing that there is a God who hears your prayers. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, Peter's standing at the door. He's standing at the door. God here, he calls those things that do not exist 
as though they do. Amen? Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today to start listening to Rhoda. Start listening to the Rhoda in your heart. Amen? Hallelujah. How many remember that song, Whose Report? <laughs> Come on, let me see your hands. How many remember that? Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, I am free. His report says, victory. Yeah, I know. All the young people, all the young people saying, okay, boomer. That's what they're saying right now. They're saying, that's, I, that's boomer worship. I know. That's what that is, right? In fact, you know, we got to get Pastor Chris to do another CD, right? Boomer, boomer worship, right? Boomer, that's what we need. We need some boomer worship. But it's a song of faith. That's what it is. It's a declaration of faith. It's looking at circumstances and saying, I don't care what I see. I'm believing Rhoda. I'm believing that Peter is standing at the door. I am not believing that Herod has more power. I'm not going to submit to the chains of Herod in this situation. Hallelujah. God is greater than Herod. Amen? Hallelujah. And you might say, well, how do I know what God's will is? In the crisis that I'm facing. How do I know what God's will is for my giant? Listen, that's where we need to become experts in the Word of God. Because when you are an expert in the Word of God, you will become an expert in the will of God, and you will always know what to say to your giant. You'll always know what to speak to your giant. You won't be for a loss at words. But church, if we're going to be experts in the will of God and we're going to be powerful in prayers, then we need to know the word. Amen? We need to be experts in the word of God so we know how to pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Let me have the worship team join me up here. So listen, if all you have in your heart is a mustard seed of faith, that's all you got. I mean, you're like the guy who says, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. How many have been there? Right? I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. Just a mustard seed. That's all you, that's all you need. That's all you need. You can, you can say, Lord, I, help my unbelief, God. I know you're able, God, but I'm struggling, Lord. I'm struggling with, with, with this hurried situation, Lord. But just, just have that mustard seed and say, Lord, I'm going to believe. I'm going to step out and I'm going to believe, God. I'm going to start believing for my daughter. I'm going to start believing for my son. I'm going to start believing for that financial breakthrough. I'm going to start believing for that change in my career. I'm going to start believing, Lord God, for the healing in my family. Lord, I'm not going to... Some of us, we have lost faith. We have just lost faith. Rhoda is, is saying, Peter, is, God, is, God has done it. it, it God, the will of God has already been established. It's already been established. But you've stopped praying. Let this be a reminder here. Hallelujah. Don't stop praying. Don't stop. Constant prayer. Amen? God, don't say, well, if it's God's will. No, no, listen. Remember, Rhoda didn't open the door. Faith doesn't open the door. Those who pray open the door. You hear what I'm saying? It's not enough to just say, okay, well, yeah, I'll believe it. No, no, no. We have to start praying. We've got to get back into the discipline. It's the ones who pray that open the door. Why? Because prayer is the expression of faith. Are you hearing me? Don't let faith just be in the back of your head. It's got to be expressed. It's got to be vocalized. We've got to give embodiment to the prayer that we have in our heart. That's why we pray. You have not. Why? Because 
we ask not. Prayer opens the door that Rhoda is telling us about. Father, help us today, Lord. Help us, Lord God. Lord, to be a people of prayer. To be a people of prayer, Lord God. Holy Spirit, move up and down these aisles and in throughout these rows of chairs. And remind us, Lord God. Hallelujah. Remind us who we serve. Remind us who you are. To get our eyes off of Herod's prison. To get our eyes off of everything that Herod can do. And to remember that we serve a mighty God. We serve an omnipotent God. We serve a God who wills and then he waits. He waits for people on earth who have faith and authority. And who can call those things that don't exist as though they do. Lord, I want to be a man of faith. Come on, if that's you, slip up a hand to the Lord. Say, yes, Lord. I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a woman of faith, Lord. In the name of Jesus, help my faith, Lord God. Help my faith, God. Stir up my faith, God. Remind me, Lord God, that you are a God who works signs and wonders in the midst of his people. Hallelujah. 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 Signs and wonders, they will follow. Oh, who believe? We believe, we believe, Lord God. Dreams and visions, yes. I will see it for us. As we close today, we're going to open the altars because I, I know that there are some of us, we're dealing with a Peter in prison. There are some here, we've got prodigals in our family. We've got prodigals in our family. God hasn't given up on that. They're a testimony in the making, amen? They're a testimony waiting to happen. But constant prayer is going to open the prison door. Some of us need a breakthrough. We need to turn around. We need God to make a way because only God can do it. We're going to open the altars. We're going to invite you to come and uh, find a place to pray and just to renew, reactivate that discipline of prayer, not just this morning, but all throughout the week. Everybody say all week. Every day. Come on, everybody say every day. And I'm not saying you got to, you know, two hours getting prayer. You know, if all you can do is just get in the discipline for 10 minutes, you know, and just say, Lord, and just talk to the Lord. You don't have to get into an emotional fit. It doesn't have to be something that's, you know, just talk to the Lord by faith and believe that God hears you, right? So let's start it today. I'm going to open the altars. I'm going to pray dismissal. Some have to go and get their kids. I realize that. But if you can, come and pray. Find a place to kneel. Um, we'll be glad to pray with you. Or you can just stay there at your seat and pray if you want as well. But let's take some time and let's pray. Father, we're thankful, God, for this 
It's time today to be reminded in your word that constant prayer opens the prison doors. That persever persevering in prayer, Lord God, persistence in prayer, Lord God, brings an answer. So I pray, Lord, that you'll reactivate the, the discipline of prayer in our lives, Lord. For those who need to go, I pray your blessing on each one, that, Lord, this week we would be men and women who pray. For those who want to linger and stay and come to the altar, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you'll hear our cries today as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you got to go, you can go ahead. Go, Parents, you got to get your kids. Go ahead and feel free to do that. But altars are open. Come on up here. Let's pray for our kids, our grandkids. Let's pray for our, our careers, our co-workers. Let's pray for the healings that we need in our own bodies and our family members. Come on, he's a God of signs and wonders and miracles. Let's believe him for it today.